Thanks for tuning in for this podcast today. I want to continue talking to you about preaching. Uh, if you're just joining me and you didn't hear the previous podcast, I hope you'll take a few minutes to go back. It's a little over nine minutes. And uh, to give you sort of the content and the context for where we're going with some talking about preaching. The, our, the content of our preaching has already been established for us in the Bible. The Bible is the, is the source of our content. Uh, in, in this content, we discover that when Jesus came preaching, he preached about the kingdom of God. Well, that's in a sense not really new. You find that running through the Old Testament scriptures. And uh, Jesus picks up on that. You find that in particularly in Luke 4, where Jesus is talking about his own ministry as a fulfillment out of Isaiah 61. The spirit of the, of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And then Jesus goes ahead and uh, talks about what that anointing was to, to preach good news. And that good news was to the poor. It was to those who were lost. In fact, it's the good news for the whole world. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. Well, the gospel of the kingdom is important for us. And it's, it's the, it is rooted in the history of the death and resurrection of Jesus. The preaching of the kingdom of God is not, it, it, it's not theoretical. It, it's not just one idea out there among many ideas. It's not, it's not an idea that doesn't have uh, specificity in human history. It is rooted in human history in the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is why Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about this uh, quite pointedly. He says, I am handing down to you that which I also received, mainly Christ died for our sins. And then he adds this interesting little phrase, according to the scriptures, was buried, that is Christ really died and Christ rose from the dead on the third day. Again, that little phrase, according to the to the scriptures. Those, it, it's important to understand what's going on in that. First of all, Paul is saying the content of our preaching is not something that is novel and, and that you and I are called to create some, something that's new. He's actually telling us it's been given to us. It's, it, he said he'd received it. It was handed down to him and he's handing it down to those in the first century who heard him. And generation after generation hands down the content of what our preaching is about. That's really an important lesson for us. Uh, we're not called to be novel. Are we called to be creative? Are we called to be able to communicate effectively? Yes, of course we are. But that does not mean that we create a new gospel. There's not a new gospel. Paul talks about this in Galatians 1 as if another gospel, one that is categorically different, is being handed down. It is not. That's not our assignment. Our assignment is to repeat in our own voice uh, and repeat in our own context the message that's been handed down to us faithfully through apostolic witness, faithfully through Holy Scripture. And that's our assignment in life. And Jesus, uh, Jesus did the same thing. And what validates this is the historical fact of his death. Christ 
died for our sins. That little clause there, according to the scriptures, is actually a clause rooted to God's righteousness, that, that God has already promised what he would do in Old Testament scriptures regarding his son, and he fulfilled it in his son's life, in his son's birth, in his son's death, and the meaning of his death. His son actually died. Uh, it's, there's always been this temptation to, to somehow deny that Jesus actually died. Uh, there are heresies, uh, distortions of the truth that, that periodically raise their ugly head. You find it sometimes in popular fiction uh, that somehow Jesus was, was given a drug or Jesus didn't really die. And all of that is meant to deny the reality of the resurrection. Uh, that's pure fiction to say that. Jesus really did die. The Romans were experts in crucifixion at torturing people and at killing people. The Romans were not confused that Jesus was dead. But then Jesus, after three days in the grave, Jesus rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The reality of resurrection was promised by God in Old Testament scripture. And, and this is why Paul uses those, that little phrase in English that, that we translate in English, according to the scriptures, because it validates that God is righteous. God keeps his word. And our preaching is rooted in that reality. The, um, the content is the reality of the kingdom of God. The gospel is the announcement of good news. Now, it's important for us to remember this was used in the Roman Empire. This language of gospel was actually used uh, just before the birth of Jesus to refer to Caesar Augustus. Uh, there's an inscription out of Western Turkey. It's called the Priene Inscription. That it says this, the birthday of, and the references to Augustus, has been for the whole world the beginning of the euangelion, which is the Greek word for good news. The beginning of the good news, the gospel concerning Augustus. What an amazing secular use that is. We know that with Augustus was introduced in the period in the Roman Empire known as the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome over the empire. The emperor was called Lord, the same language that's used about Jesus. The emperor was called the Pantocrator. That's, that's, that's the phrase used, the word used in, in the book of Revelation to refer to the Almighty One. Again, in reference to who God is, to who Jesus is. N.T. Wright, the New Testament uh, Anglican scholar, uh, has vividly and, and effectively talked about this reality that you find that's going on in the first century, which is part of the backdrop. Some writers have referred to this as the Gospel of Augustus, which was the preaching of the empire about what the empire offered. And you contrast that with the New Testament about the preaching of another kingdom. It's hard for us to realize how political the first century church was. This was not just good news about 
our spiritual salvation that ultimately we're going to go to heaven. This was, in reality, a confrontation with the dominant empire of its day. This was the announcement of another kingdom. This is why Paul, in in 1 Corinthians 12, would say no one would say that Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Spirit. Because the empire said that Caesar is Lord. Well, you're not going to say that out of, you're you're not going to say that Jesus is Lord out of your own initiative. The Holy Spirit comes and tells you Caesar is not the Lord. He doesn't have the final word over your life. The New Testament comes and the Holy Spirit says and bears witness to you that in his death on the cross at the hands of the Romans and in his victory from the grave, he has overcome, life has overcome the worst that the empire can do to you. The empire can threaten to kill you. But if you serve the one who's been raised from the dead, what difference does it make what the empire says? The empire can no longer be the final threat against your life. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Almighty One, that Jesus is the one who, in whom is found the good news, then all of a sudden, no longer are you no longer threatened by the empire. Worse than that, you become a threat to the empire because the empire no longer has ultimate control over your life. We really need to understand that. We need to understand that the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a threat against all all of the political ideologies that have ever existed on this planet. They have their good, there's the bad. Even, even in the United States, our own country. I, this country is not the last word that God has on this planet. God has a different word, and it's a word that speaks to our own nation, it speaks to the nations of the earth, that God's kingdom is the kingdom that shall have no end, and is the kingdom that is the kingdom that brings life and blessing and God's purposes. When you think about that, in a sense, all of us are, as St. Peter wrote, we are strangers and aliens in whatever country we live because we belong to the kingdom of God. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope I've stirred some thinking in your heart. And when we come back uh, in the next podcast, we're going to take this and begin to sort of follow through with this about, about the meaning of our preaching. And then how do, we, how do we sort of relate to this on a personal level? Thanks. God bless you.